engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, We got to have a series of conversations about all sorts of stuff that have cropped up into the news this evening. Uh, First things first, though, the Democrats. It is very interesting. Nancy Pelosi House leaders are signaling to Democratic candidates across the country they are not to talk about impeachment. Uh, They are not to talk about it. Uh, I'll get into the details of why they don't want them to talk about it. They're starting to be very concerned with things they're seeing on the ground in swing states and in swing districts regarding impeachment concerns and firing up Republicans. But before we get to that, there is some new news out there on how the Michael Cohen uh, guilty plea came about. David Pecker is the CEO of the company that publishes the National Enquirer, among other things, the CEO of American Media Inc. Uh, And he spoke to prosecutors after being given immunity. Now, just so you understand, I didn't realize this. American Media, they published the Enquirer, U.S. Weekly, or Us Weekly, rather, uh, Star Magazine, and OK. And apparently they have now acquired uh, In Touch, Life and Style, Closer and a men's journal, I believe it was, where they put um, Stephanie McDougal on the cover of uh, one of the newspapers. It, basically, if you got a gossip magazine, yeah, men's journal, if you got a gossip magazine in the United States on, on the newsstands at your local grocery store, it's probably published by this company. I assumed they were separate companies, but uh, the National Enquirer parent company owns them all. And He told federal prosecutors that he worked with Mr. Cohen, Michael Cohen, and President Trump. Worked with Cohen and Trump to get a payment for McDougal. This this is not per se the Stormy Daniels matter. This is the other woman. Um, So this is, what's her name? Karen McDougal. He got immunity from federal prosecutors in order to say this. The federal prosecutors are not going to pursue uh, criminal charges against him, his chief creative officer, or his company because of what they told the prosecutors to help them build the case uh, to show a pattern and practice. And this is key, a pattern and practice of Michael Cohen making payments on behalf of the president to silence women and take their stories. Now, what is so key here, however, is the timing that these came forward during the campaign, and it appears that these were designed to stop the women from going forward with their allegations during the campaign. That in other words, the president would have let these things go and let the rumors surface, except he was in a campaign and did not want them to hurt his campaign. That's where the timeline goes with this stuff. Now, why is that relevant? Because, well, as I said yesterday, if you're in the habit of doing these sorts of things, and the president was, the president paid numerous women over the years to keep their mouth shut about affairs he had with them, uh, then you can't say it was related to the campaign. But what this guy and what Michael Cohen have told federal prosecutors 
is that the president insisted they come to terms with these people and get these stories and these women shut up because he was afraid that it would impact the campaign. That then puts the the, the cause of doing this into campaign finance territory, which is problematic. But what does the timeline actually show? What 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 is this? What's the flow here? Because you got all these Republicans defending the president. You got all the Democrats saying impeach the guy. What is the actual timeline of what happened? I want to walk through that with you so that you can make up your mind for yourself what you think. I'll just give you the timeline of what we know it transpired now because we do have the federal documents. I have read them, the things the prosecutors have released that Michael Cohen has agreed to based on the timeline of the case they would say they would make against the president if that were to go forward. So let's let's back all the way up with this. The issues with Michael Cohen. Um, we know, for example, the Wall Street Journal reported on November 4th, 2016, shortly before the election, that the National Enquirer had paid McDougal, the former Playboy centerfold, uh, for the account of an affair with Donald Trump but decided not to publish it. Now, American Media Inc. at the time, the publisher and, and David Pecker, he came forward at the time and he said, that's not true. We did not pay this person for her story. Hope Hicks on the campaign trail as well said, we have no knowledge of this. And subsequently thereafter, the campaign specifically denied that American Media Inc. had been recruited to pay McDougal for her story to keep her silent. What we now know from the federal pleadings and what David Pecker, the chairman of American Media Inc., told federal prosecutors, that in August of 2015, um, Pecker, Cohen, and one or more members of the president's campaign came together to create an agreement under which AMI, the American Media Inc., would deal with negative stories about the president's relationship with women by purchasing the stories from the women and then not publishing them and would do that through the campaign period. So if any stories came up while the president was running for president, American Media Inc. agreed that they would buy the stories from the women and then they would not run the stories. We also now know that payment happened to be made, and we have the president's audio of this with Michael Cohen, where he agreed to make payments to AMI to cover their costs. Now, on January 12th, 2018, the Wall Street Journal ran a story that said $130,000 had been paid to Stormy Daniels. Michael Cohen of the White House said that this wasn't true. It wasn't an affair. Um, it, it was nonsense. Uh, the White House spokesman came out uh, within a week and said absolutely not. And then later, Michael Cohen, a, a month later, came out and said, well, yeah, it had been lawful. It wasn't a campaign contribution. It wasn't a campaign expenditure. I covered this myself. Remember that he said in, in February earlier this year that he made the payment himself, took care of his man. Well, in federal court, in pleading to the violations of campaign finance law, he says that he organized this with the Trump organization and was reimbursed by the Trump organization. More troubling, though, he says that the Trump organization uh, grossed up payments, meaning that they jacked up inflated costs 
and paid Michael Cohen extra money for his trouble for reimbursing them. Cohen took the money off of a, a line of credit on his house, paid the money, and then got reimbursed. Now, in March of this year, the president said he had no knowledge of any of these payments. Then Michael Avenatti came forward, remember that Stormy Daniels lawyer, and showed that Cohen had used his Trump Organization email where he arranged the $130,000 payment. And the White House says that they didn't know about it. Michael Cohen said that he used the Trump Organization email address for everything. And the David Schwartz, his attorney at the time, said, this is direct quote, the president was not aware of the agreement. At least Michael Cohen never told him about the agreement, I can tell you that. Well, now Cohen is saying in his federal pleading that he worked in coordination with and at the direction of a candidate for federal office. Those are his words, meaning that the president would have known about these things. This now sets it up to be his word versus the president's word on whether or not the president knew he was making this payment to Stormy Daniels. We, we know now from Cohen and we know from uh, David Pecker at AMI that the president did make arrangements to cover AMI's costs in buying stories about other women. That's where all of this gets, is essentially gets to who do you believe? Do you believe Michael Cohen or do you believe President Trump? Do you believe who cut the guy who cut the deal in federal court or do you believe Donald Trump? That's where all of this uh, boils down. Now, part of the other problem here is that the president said that Michael Cohen received a monthly retainer, not from the campaign, having nothing to do with the campaign, uh, that Michael Cohen regularly did things for the campaign, uh, and that all of Michael Cohen's payments came through this monthly retainer. Well, according to Michael Cohen now, Michael Cohen didn't get a retainer. He actually got reimbursed for things he did. So there was no retainer throughout this process. There was no ongoing practice. This is one reason federal prosecutors were able to get this, not as attorney-client stuff, but as non-attorney-client stuff. There was no retainer involved, it turns out, as Michael Cohen and the president had originally claimed. Those are your timelines. Those are your facts. It becomes a he said versus he said. Who do you believe sort of situation? Which is, by the way, I think why you can't even proceed with impeachment here. Uh, it's, it's one person against another. But we're continuing to see some drip, drip, drips out of this. The David Pecker stuff is new, and there are some implications for that when we come back. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. 
Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 27 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Um, phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. To the phones we go. Mike and Marietta, you're up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I was just uh, uh, asking your call screener there about, I wonder uh, which of these women did uh, Trump have an affair with since he's been president? I mean, we were comparing Clinton and and, uh, all those things yesterday, and Clinton had... uh, things going on in the the White House. Yeah, yeah. you know, Mike, that's part of the problem here for people who want impeachment is that it's largely been established in the past that the president should only be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors that happen while in office. Um, And that doesn't just apply to him. You know, we've only had two impeachment trials in in our country's history, the uh, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. And all of those set those aside and look at all the judges who have been impeached. And there have been numerous examples of judges and other officials impeached. And every single one of them were based on things that happened while in office, conduct that happened during office. Um, to the extent that there's a precedent, that would be the precedent that what happened with the president prior to being in office uh, is not impeachable. But can the president be indicted? And the Clinton and the Nixon White Houses previously have argued that sitting presidents can't be indicted. And there's language in Article One, Section Three of the Constitution that suggests it, um, largely saying that the the president uh, can be impeached and removed for office, and then once removed, then indicted. Um, whether that holds up, we'll see. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones. Stacy in Douglasville, you are next. Welcome. Hey, how are you, Eric? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Hey, listen, I've got a question for you. Do you really think that the president has stopped his sex addiction as soon as he became president? <laughs> Listen, there are families listed. There are kids in cars right now. Stacy, I don't want to talk about this, but uh, no, I I mean, there, there are, there are ample rumors about things going on. I just, no, no, no. Um, I have a real hard time believing that you get to the white house and then hit the brakes after years of, of a pattern. Listen, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. How about I put it to you that way? There you go. There you go. I agree with you. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, it does beg the question though, of what other stories come out in the future about what's going on. I mean, if the president's already seen people like man, Omarosa turn on him, Michael Cohen, turn on him, David Pecker, turn on him. How, many other people around him right now in the White House turn on him 
And that's a problem, largely because you got a bunch of people who essentially were the island of misfit toys who no one else wanted. So they signed on with Trump. They never thought he could win, but they could make money off of him. He won and kept them around. They're not good people. And then the people who came in and filled the void are people who never wanted him to be elected in the first place. They don't like him. They have no loyalty to him. So he's got people on both sides who can throw him under the bus and sell stories to the press. That's not going to end well. You're absolutely right. I think that, that that is a really good point. But here's another good point. Don't you think that maybe they thought that Trump would maybe get them out if, if they were sort of, say, scapegoats? He would help them get out? Yes, and, then, oh, and, and there's part of the problem here as well, Stacey, and, and thanks very much for the phone call, is he's not. I mean, Michael Cohen flipped because the president didn't offer him anything. Uh, There is a breaking news report out uh, in the last 45 minutes that the president did ask his lawyers about pardoning Michael or Paul Manafort, and they strenuously advised against it. But otherwise, he hasn't really helped people. Um, My goodness, Stacey. Yeah, listen, I I appreciate the gist of your of your initial question, but eh, we got a family program right now. I can't talk about that stuff on the radio right now. Call back after 10 tonight. <laughs> Let's go back to the folds. Joe and Swatty, welcome. Hey, good afternoon. Great show as always. Uh, question for you about uh, Jeff Session. Do you think he's gathering evidence to uh, have an investigation or bring charges against Hillary? No. Do you think he will? Nope, nope. I don't think he will. In fact, he, he got very testy with the president today and released a statement uh, essentially saying that the just his Justice Department does not launch politically motivated investigations. They only launch investigations where there's credible evidence. Um, I, I got to tell you, Joe, I, I realize there are a lot of Republicans out there who say, but Hillary, and I get it, and, and I've been one of them. But if you've got Jeff Sessions, who was with Trump before almost anyone, and you've got um, you got Rosenstein, who is a bushy, who has been on the record in the past of not liking the Clintons. And you got I forget who the number three is at the Justice Department now, but but is a is a Trump person. You got all of these people. You got the president's new director of the FBI, Christopher Ray, in there, and they're all looking at the evidence, and none of them want to indict Hillary Clinton. I'm really gotta wonder if we've been sold a bag of goods and the actual facts don't live up to the hype. And I realize most of you don't want to go there. You don't want to conclude that. But I mean, Jeff Sessions is not a guy who's not going to go after Hillary. He He's the guy who helped start the locker up chant. It's not like he's going to get in there and say, Oh no, let's leave Hillary alone. No, there, there's, there's gotta be a there there as to why they have not prosecuted Hillary Clinton beyond partisan protection. Because you're now got Trump officials, Trump US attorneys, Trump Attorney General, Trump Deputy Attorney Generals, Trump FBI chief, and even they looking at all the evidence saying there's no we there's nothing to indict Hillary Clinton on. Make you should be asking yourself this if you're not. You should. Um, and, and I know most people don't want to people get mad at me for even saying it, but I, I, I think it's gotta be asked 45 after the hour, 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. Those are the phone numbers, Nancy Pelosi and democratic leaders don't want Democrats to talk about impeachment. 
which is very interesting turn of events. And, and the problem for the Democrats is they've got Tom Steyer out there. Tom Steyer is the, the gay rights billionaire activist who's running ads across the country, including on Fox News, demanding impeachment of the president and daring Democrats to disagree with him publicly. And they're beginning to disagree with him publicly, and they're begging him to stop the ads and shut up about it. And it's not that the Democrats don't want to impeach the president. Uh, let's be clear here. They would be perfectly happy to impeach the president, but they have to get back the House of Representatives in order to do it. And Democratic polling out there is suggesting that this is an issue that fires up Republicans. See, the Democrats are already as fired up as you can get. Rachel Maddow beat Sean Hannity in the ratings on Monday when all this stuff was beginning to break and news was starting to come out. And then Tuesday, when it actually did come out, because there is this overwhelming Democrat energy already headed into November. What they do not want to have happen is have Republican energy get to the levels of Democrat energy. And the best way to get Republicans fired up headed into 2018 is to make them convinced that if the Democrats get elected, they will take out the president of the United States. Republicans will go into defense mode and they will rally to the president. And interestingly enough, it's very, very interesting to me that Barack Obama could not get Democrats to turn out for him in the midterms in 2010 and 2014. But it appears Donald Trump is able to get Republicans to turn out for him in the midterms, largely because they realize they've got to stop the Democrats. And so Democrats on Capitol Hill are starting to really worry that all of this talk about impeachment is going to do nothing but drive up Republican numbers in November, and they are begging people to stop talking about it. And it doesn't help them that Chuck Todd on, on NBC the other day asked the question when do impeachment hearings begin the president has been accused of committing a felony he has michael cohen has accused the president in his pleading has accused the president of committing a felony um will an impeachment hearing start it is a question democrats have been saying forever there there's there's a relevant question there if there's a felony finding so now everything they want to say is but but Mueller, you got to wait for Mueller. well what is bob Mueller doing there's some new questions It's 55 after the hour. The poll number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Back to the phones we go. Mike from Canton, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, uh, thank you. Sure. What's going to happen when one of two things is going to happen here? It's either going to be an amazingly obvious sign of a two-tier justice system, or it's going to be earth-shattering with a number of people who are going to be indicted and go to jail. Which which way is this going to go? I can't get a read on it. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I know. And, and you've already got a situation where a lot of people think there is a uh, a, a two-tiered system. I mean, l- the number of people who think Hillary Clinton should be indicted uh, compared to the people who think that the president should be indicted. You've got Democrats who believe the president has done something wrong who don't think Hillary Clinton did. you got Republicans who think the president didn't do anything wrong but think Hillary Clinton should be locked up. Um, I think most Americans want to see the rule of law prevail, and, and there's an issue here that Republicans have to pay attention to, and you've got to look into the exit data polling from 2016 to find this. You know, the president won his election with 70,000 votes spread through Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Uh, Who are more, those 70,000 people who just loved the president or the people who voted for him as a rejection of Hillary Clinton and an affront to the rule of law? I mean, this is something Republicans have to ponder. I want to talk about it when we come back.
It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, I, I want you to, to meditate with me for just a few moments on an issue Republicans are going to have to deal with. We know Democrats are scared of bringing up the impeachment issue. They think that'll mobilize Republicans in November. And I got to tell you, the more I see on how the Democrats are handling this um, Tippett story out of Iowa, the, the young lady murdered by the illegal alien. It turns out he, he was an illegal alien. Um, he was not in the country legally. His lawyer says he was, uh, but he apparently stole someone's identity. Uh, just just wonderful guy there, apparently. Um, it, there's a CNN analyst today who said that it was toxic masculinity that caused this guy to kill. Them. That's the real problem, not not illegal aliens. Okay, I just I, I got to think the president is cruising to reelection in 2020. But there is a problem, and it is the rule of law problem, because the rule of law tends over time to reassert itself. And you can say that the rule of law has been broken because of Hillary Clinton. And I, I just got to tell you, I do think it is incumbent on those of us who think she should be locked up to ask ourselves why she hasn't been locked up. And I don't think it's because people are scared to prosecute her, and I don't think it's because everybody's protecting her. Because we now have a Republican-appointed attorney general who led the chance of lock her up. We have a deputy attorney general who hates the Clintons. We have an under, uh, we have an assistant attorney general who hates the Clintons. We've got a Trump-appointed FBI director. We've got all of these things. We've got an inspector general report out, and nobody's prosecuting Hillary Clinton. And I got to think there's more to the story than you and I have been told on Fox News or or through Republican talking points. And part of that is uh, based on a curious line in the inspector general's report that essentially if you went after Hillary Clinton for what she did with her emails, you would have to go after a lot of other people because this has become standard operating procedure in the State Department, even though it breached protocol, everybody was doing it. And so she was just doing what everybody else was doing. And you can say that's bad. Still lock her up, lock all of them up. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Don't call. Don't call me and don't email me tonight about this issue. I, I don't care that you want to lock up Hillary Clinton. What I care about is you've got a bunch of people who hate Hillary Clinton in charge now, and they're not doing it. And I don't think they're scared of her. I think they know more facts than you and me. And, and no one wants to humble themselves and, and presume that maybe there are more facts than we've learned from from ye people yelling at each other on Fox at night on Hannity. What I do care about, though, is that there are people who think the rule of law is not asserting itself or the rule of law is being ignored. And I think over time, what happens is that the rule of law reasserts itself. In fact, I think one of the reasons Hillary Clinton lost was because people thought the rule of law had been flouted. And so to the extent she hasn't been thrown in jail, she lost the election because there were a bunch of people who thought they needed to deliver justice at the ballot box. And so her justice has come by being denied power now for the rest of her life. But a lot of those people, remember, the president won essentially with 70,000 votes. He won 70,000 votes, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. You flip those states, the president loses. He won them by 70,000 votes. I suspect that there are more than 70,000 people who voted for the president, not because they liked him, but because they thought Hillary Clinton was a corrupt, malevolent person and they needed to oppose her because they needed to stand for the rule of law. So here comes Michael Cohen. And Michael Cohen says 
he knowingly collaborated with a candidate for office. We know that candidate is Donald Trump. He knowingly collaborated with a candidate to flout the rule of law, to arrange for campaign payments to be funneled to a porn star to cover up an affair. Now, you can rock on, Mr. President, because you you slept with a porn star. You can excuse him like so many Christian evangelicals are doing, saying, well, he's still better than her. Who cares that he cheated on his wife while she was pregnant? You can deny he cheated on his wife while she was pregnant. You can do all of those things. That's okay. But now you have a guy who swore under oath in court and pled guilty to working with Donald Trump to subvert the rule of law. You can deny it. That's fine. You can say it didn't happen. That's fine. What you can't deny, though, is that someone just pled guilty in federal court and directly implicated the president of the United States in committing a felony. You can't deny that because that happened, and that happened on Tuesday. That is a fact. It's not an opinion. It is a fact. That happened in federal court. So what about these people who voted for the president because of the rule of law? So, listen, say what you will about whether you think the president is innocent or not. If you're a Republican, you think the president did nothing wrong and Michael Cohen is a liar and you set up the president. If you're a Democrat, you think the president is a liar, the president's corrupt, the president should be in jail. I'm not really concerned with either of your positions. What about those people who voted for the president because they thought Hillary Clinton flouted the rule of law and got away with it and they wanted to punish her? They don't like the president, but they really didn't like Hillary. Do those people now say, you know what, this guy's as bad as her? You know, likewise, you've got a group of people out there, a a, a lot of people, actually, a few hundred thousand who are actually in excess of a million people who voted third party because they didn't like Hillary or, or Trump. So they voted for third party. The president won the election by 70,000 votes. You got a million people out there who voted for a third party because they thought Trump and Clinton were both profoundly morally corrupt. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. What do those people do? Do you think they sit it out? They were willing to show up and cast a protest vote for a third party. Do they turn on the president over this? I don't have the answers to these questions. But they are questions Republicans are going to have to figure out. Now, Here's my thinking. If you if you put a gun to my head and said, pick, tell me what you think. Let me tell you what I really think. What I really, really, really think. I think that there are enough people out there who think Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are both terrible people. But they see the Democrats out there right now pushing toxic masculinity as the cause of an illegal alien murdering a kid in Iowa, who see Democrats going after a baker in Colorado for refusing to bake a cake, who see college activists driving conservatives from campuses and then denying there's a free speech issue, who see people being chased off of Facebook and Twitter over hate, supposed hate speech, speech Democrats don't like, who see this culture war stuff And they think, you know what? This guy disgusts me. I don't like him. But he's not trying to ruin my way of life. And all those other people are. This gets to something my friend Selena Zito wrote in the New York Post today about why Trump voters aren't going to flee him because of the situation. And it has nothing to do with President Trump. Many of these people don't like the president. But they positively hate all the other people. 
So they look at the president and they say, you know what? I think you're a bad guy. I don't think you're a good guy. I think you cheated on your wife. I think you cheated on your pregnant wife with a porn star. I do not trust you. You do not have the character I want my kids to have, but you are not trying to destroy my way of life, and they are. I do not like you, but you are not trying to put my business out of business. I do not like you, but you are not trying to destroy my health care. I do not like you, but you are not trying to foist leftism on me and my kids. I do not like you, but you are willing to keep men out of my daughter's bathroom. I think there are a significant number of Americans in that position. And I think they are enough to get the president reelected in 2020, even with all of this hanging over his head. I do. I, I really do think so. Because the American people in that camp, they may believe in the rule of law. They may support the rule of law. They may want the rule of law to assert itself. They may be unhappy with Republicans not pushing this. They may prefer a President Pence. But a Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders who they're not out to just flout the rule of law. They're out to destroy a person's way of life. And people can become accommodating to things like, well, this is wrong, but this doesn't affect me on a day-to-day basis. What they see with Democrats right now is Democrats want to affect them in a negative way on a day-to-day basis. And I suspect a lot of these people who are very upset with the president right now, who believe Michael Cohen, who think the president probably should be indicted, are like, "Uh, but... Do we really want these radical leftists coming back to power? And I think they're saying no. And that works to the Republicans' advantage right now. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 26 after the hour. Now, we do have other news to talk about, but I want to spend some time with people on the phones as well. Um, let's go to Franklin and Alpharetta next. Welcome, Franklin. Hey, Eric. We have some common friends. I appreciate everything you do for the cause. Thanks. And I just want to let you know, you know, why I supported Donald Trump uh, is because Hillary Clinton was so corrupt 
And right now, if you read the Greg Jarrett book, which I just finished, yeah. you'll see how ridiculous it is that we even talk about any of this. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cohen thing, orchestrated by Lanny Davis, go back and watch his tapes on Fox News when he's trying to defend Clinton from the indefensible. You know, that, that really kind of is one of the ironies here is to have Lanny Davis involved in this. That guy just won't go away. He is a wart on the freedom and liberty of America. He needs to be put out to pasture and never given a voice again in America. Michael Cohen, you know, the pressure on his wife that came out today, you know, they were going after this guy. All this is is do not get involved. Do not support Donald Trump. This is, talk about mobbery. This is a complete mafia oso going after anybody that wants to support Donald Trump. And I was a Ted Cruz guy. I love Ted Cruz. The reason I went for Trump was I said, if he's a nominee out of a 16 or 17 or whatever it was, I'll vote for him over Donald Trump. If I have to get drunk to go in the reporting booth, <laughs> the voting booth, I don't care. But I didn't have to get drunk because you know what? My, my, rep, my worries about him was that he wasn't going to be conservative. He was going to be a, a, you know, a shill for Hillary. But my gosh, he's turned out to be probably as good as Cruz would have been. But he understands one thing. And Eric, you get this more than most people. He understands the media is the enemy. The fake news is the enemy of the people, of freedom, of the United States Constitution, and he does not care. He bats them right back. And, God and bless you know, it, it's very that. interesting to see. And look, i got to let you go there because we've got a hard break. Thanks very much for the kind words, Franklin. It is interesting to see the media on this, that, you know, the media has benefited from the Trump presidency. The New York Times subscriptions are up. Viewership for CNN and MSNBC up. They benefit by keeping this thing going. Oh, there's some breaking news from the Associated Press. Turns out that the National Enquirer kept a safe for documents on hush money payments and other damaging stories it killed in its relationship with Donald Trump. There is a paper trail um, in a safe, and federal prosecutors now have it. Interesting. Um, This story is going to continue to play out. Uh, It is worth noting, however, again, I think, that you um, you got Democrats saying this is going to fire up Republicans. So it's... Not exactly a clear cut for Democrats, even though some want to claim that it is. Uh, back to the phones we go. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, Robert in Atlanta, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Rush Limbaugh doesn't think it's a big deal if Trump is guilty. He cites Obama was fined over nearly a million dollars for misappropriating um, um, funds. Now, he says, worst case scenario, um, Trump would be fined as well. What say you? Well, I I think they're different cases, actually. Um, And this has come out this afternoon, and and Rush may not have had all the details at the time, but the the difference here is that uh, in the Obama case with the Federal Elections Commission, it involved filing paperwork that was not filed in a timely manner, and then there were errors on the paperwork when filed. 
Um, there is no allegation made that it was to cover up payments or um, anything like that. It was more paperwork errors. Uh, and, and the FCC said it was paperwork errors. The difference here is that it also the Barack Obama wasn't in charge of filing his paperwork with the FEC. Uh, the difference here is that if Michael Cohen, and again, this is all if Michael Cohen, if Michael Cohen is taken at his word, if Michael Cohen is telling the truth and what he pled in federal court, what Michael Cohen is pleading is say, is he saying the president of the United States directed him to make these payments and the president of the United States provided him the money to make the payments and the president of the United States instructed him on how to steer the payments. That takes it beyond what Barack Obama's campaign was found guilty of because Barack Obama was not involved in that paperwork filing. He was not involved in the chain of custody of making those decisions. No one claims that he was involved in making those decisions. Uh, what Michael Cohen is saying about the president here is something completely different, that Donald Trump himself directed payment, provided money for a payment, instructed how the payment should flow and when the payment should happen, uh, making it very hands-on, and that Michael Cohen says that it was done because of the campaign. That's the other big key here. See, if Michael Cohen never asserted this was done because of the campaign, maybe there's a tax problem, maybe there's something else, but it's not a campaign finance issue because the president routinely paid people who he slept with to keep their mouth shut. I mean, the president made a habit of this. So his bad character comes in handy in this. But what Michael Cohen has said is that this particular situation was one that was done solely and exclusively to prevent the president from losing the election, that he had to shut up the story so it didn't impact the election. That makes it a federal campaign issue. And because he claims the president directed the payments, told him where to make the payments, how to make the payments, and gave him the money to make the payments, then that means the president was directly involved in it. Now, you can say you don't believe Michael Cohen. That is totally fine. You don't need to call here and tell me you think he's a liar. You, that, that's perfectly fine. The problem, though, is that he pled guilty in a federal court and went under oath and said these things. And so the president, if he wants to dispute them, would have to go to court if he's indicted. But he's not going to be indicted. And that's going to infuriate Democrats. But then Republicans are going to rush out and... Um, rush out and, and defend the president on this. Now, oh, good question here from Jason and Noonan. Welcome. Well, hey, thank you. Sure. Hey, I was just curious, what law has been broken from Donald Trump making payments to anyone? Yes. Even that, if, as it relates to the campaign. That's an that's excellent a- question. Um, so what the FCC says, and, and there are plenty of federal cases that back up the FCC on this, if you routinely make payments to women to shut them up, so that they don't go to the National Enquirer when you've had an affair with them, there is no federal law that you've broken. There is no crime here. People may not like it, but there's no crime. Where it becomes a crime, though, is that if you did this to cause it not to impact your election to office. So in other words, this is it becomes a campaign issue. If if we say that the president wanted to shut up Stormy Daniels so that it did not affect his polling for the election, then it becomes a campaign issue in federal law. Uh, and there's well settled court precedent on this, that if you take an action to 
prevent your campaign from being hurt, then it is considered a campaign issue, even if it normally would not be. If you were not running for president, you would do the same thing. Now, this is where it gets into the he said versus he said situation with Cohen. The president's best argument, honestly, is that, well, I did this all the time. And that's not a crime. Where What Cohen says is that, yes, the president did this all the time, but wasn't going to do it in this case except because of the election. So I think the president has a really good argument to go into court and say, this is BS. I, I paid these women all the time. I got a pattern. Here are all the women I paid in the past. Right. But so th- that would be wrong. But to uh, pay for commercials that spread lies to help your campaign, that's OK. Well, as long as you file the paperwork with the FEC, you can do it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's all about filing the paperwork with the FEC. That's why people are tying this to, to Barack Obama. That was a paperwork issue. They didn't file it with the FEC. And that's all well and good. The problem here is that according to Michael Cohen, under oath in a federal court, he says the president is the one who insisted that they do it this way, and the president insisted they then not file the paperwork. So that makes the president involved at a level Barack Obama wasn't. Now, you can say that that doesn't sound like a crime to me. That That's perfectly fine. There's just well-settled federal precedent that if you do this, to impact your election or to prevent your election from being impacted, then it is something you have to file with the FEC. And if the president, according to Michael Cohen, told him to do all these things and then did not report it, well, then you've got a federal crime. But it all comes down to Michael Cohen versus Donald Trump. And who do you believe? And I suspect that a majority of people who like the president are going to believe the president. And a majority of people who don't like the president are going to believe Michael Cohen, who they didn't believe until the moment he told them something they wanted to hear. That's why this isn't going anywhere ever. It is 54 after the hour. Uh, We don't have enough time for phone calls here. You know what's so interesting in all these conversations is how little we're anybody at the national punditry level is talking about the Senate. A lot of focus on the House, and I, I think the Democrats probably will take back the House just because it's midterm election and the party out of power tends to do well. Democrats are very mobilized, even in swing districts. There is some concern about Rob Woodall that people are beginning to express even here in Georgia. But the Senate appears Republicans could be making gains. There is new polling out of Florida um, that Rick Scott is ahead there. 75% of Democratic strategists polled in Florida uh, believe that Rick Scott's going to win. Now, that's not a a poll of voters, it's a poll of strategists, but that Democratic strategists on background are willing to say they think Bill Nelson is toast is pretty remarkable. Uh, In Missouri, it looks like Josh Hawley is ahead of Claire McCaskill right now. In Indiana, it looks like Joe Donnelly is losing to the Republican there. Those are three pickups for the GOP, and that doesn't include Heidi Heitzkamp in North Dakota, who is also behind her challenger. There's four Republican pickups. Now, where do Republicans lose in the Senate? Uh, well, they may lose Arizona, but uh, McSally, is, she's going to win this primary. looks like she may be able to turn things around. Uh, there's Nevada. Dean Heller, everybody widely believes Dean Heller is toast. So Republicans lose those seats, but they pick up two seats. They may still gain two seats in the Senate. It's remarkable, and nobody wants to talk about that. And what's really happening here is a a Democratic mistake in, and it's not really, it is progressivism writ large, where progressives believe in cities. And so they all move into cities, and they concentrate their population. You got half of this country is rural, and half of this country is urban. Half of this country is 
in areas where Republicans control Senate seats and half of it's not. Um, and what we're probably going to wind up seeing is a House of Representatives run by partisan progressive Democrats who live in urban areas and a bunch of rural red state Republican senators opposing each other. And, of course, the Democrats are going to start screaming about illegitimacy. They're going to start screaming about how the Senate is deeply undemocratic. And that's the point of the Senate. You see, ultimately, everybody's going to have to remember states matter. They matter when it comes to impeachment. The, the, the vote of impeachment may come from the House, but the vote to convict comes from the states and the Senate. That's a big issue. Um, and Democrats don't seem to like it, and they're going to spend a lot of time trying to delegitimize the United States Senate. Good luck doing that.